We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. Hey, ever. Hey everyone, welcome back to Crazy for Swayze. My name is Vince Troy and I'm your host and I'm here with uh, my co-host, uh, Josh, Josh Young. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing wonderful. Fuck yeah. I was just thinking about Spirit Halloween. Yeah? Yeah. Well, guess what? What? It's Halloween time, baby! It's... Yep, it's spooky time. It's spooky time at the Harry House. And uh, we've got a spooky one for you this week. We are diving into the 2001 cult classic Donnie Darko. Josh, are you excited for Donnie Darko? I am. Tell me about your experience with Donnie Darko because Josh and I were both teenage boys in the mid-2000s. So this was right up our alley. Yeah, this movie got me laid for sure. (laughs) It didn't get me laid, I don't think. But uh, I remember watching it with my first serious girlfriend. Same. Yeah, it was. Uh, I it was kind. Of, I, it, may, it may have been my introduction to Swayze. Completely honest, because like this movie came out in October of two thousand one, right? And that was when I was twelve. Oh, huh, that's a weird spooky time. October of two thousand one. Yeah, real weird. It's real weird spooky. That, it's weird that it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, it was it was at a time, and I and I didn't even get to see it because it was rated R, and I wasn't allowed to see rated R movies when I was twelve. Yeah. Well, well, I had, but like. Well, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I didn't see it until I was in high school. Yeah, like not new movies. So yeah, I saw this in like 2004 in Mark's bedroom with my girlfriend and him and somebody else. I forgot who the other person okay, was. So which two people? were soaking and which two people were jumping on the bed we weren't mormons oh okay so you could do like regular sex we watched donnie darko dude <laughs> we watched donnie fucking darko and i thought it was so weird and edgy and fun and i wanted to i've always wanted a a, a skeleton suit like he has in the movie i just dude i fucking loved this movie it's kind of baby's first art film right yeah yeah very much so like i didn't i hadn't seen fight club even at some at this point like i didn't know about like weird just kind of non-linear storytelling almost like this and like pulp fiction really got me into that kind of storytelling well this like tells a well i mean we'll get into it but Mm -hmm. this tells a non-linear story from a linear perspective yes and that makes it a really easy entrance for that sort of thing it's more artful i would say than fight club fight club's not too like it doesn't have like a lot of visual shit that doesn't really mean anything and is just supposed to make you feel that's kind of how i think about art films i feel you like a mind fuck isn't necessarily an art film but like is an art film a mind fuck usually all right, should we get down to like actual business before we dive into this bad boy? Yeah, what you, what kind of business? All right, I've got the director here, Richard Kelly. He also did Southland Tales and The Box, and that was from '09. Um, it's this movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Mary McDonald, Holmes Osborne, Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Duvall, Seth Rogen, and Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Swayze's barely in this movie. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah, he was. he's billed ninth, and his character is Jim Cunningham, right? Yeah, yeah, he does matter to the plot and everything. It's he, just, like, I didn't even think about it. He's, like, with a, like... It's hard to describe what his part in the movie is because he is one of the most important characters and one of the least important characters at the exact same time. Yeah, like, like it's a matter of... I think we're going to have to watch the film to even know how we want to talk about it. Like, if mm-hmm. we want to talk about it from a perspective of uh, Patrick Swayze and his purpose in it or just a film. Dude, I think we should talk about all of it. Uh, I think- yeah, but what if it's eight hours long or whatever and then we got to go to work in the morning? Hey, you know what? This is... 
Finally a movie I feel like I can speak to, and I am going to do its goddamn due diligence. Yeah, we're going to do good on this, I think. Yeah. And, uh, of course, this film is pretty enjoyable, but also pretty pedantic, so let's see how we feel about it as, like, adult men. Have you watched it recently? I have not. It's been at least ten years, man. Okay, cool. We're going in same situation. Oh, oh, I forgot one thing before we get started. This was his 24th film, and it came directly after Green Dragon and before Waking Up in Reno. So what happened between this and Green Dragon? I don't know. I guess we're going to have to find out. I hope the movie has all the answers. So we're watching my original DVD copy that I bought from Media Play in 2004 to impress Tiffany. So are you excited to watch this, Josh? Yes. Let's fucking watch it. So we watched this movie. Josh, how are you feeling about this movie? I thought it was great, wonderful. I was so I'm so excited to talk about it. Did uh, Patrick Swayze uh, solve any of the problems in this movie? No, he did not. I actually think that Patrick Swayze like was the cause of the movie. Like, if we didn't have Patrick Swayze, we wouldn't have this film. I mean, the film would exist. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm sorry. If we didn't have him playing John. Jim Cunningham, Jim, we would not have a film. You know, like he was the cause. Like, uh huh. Okay. If Jim Cunningham didn't exist, then yes. the movie wouldn't exist. Exactly, because we wouldn't have to have Miss Farmer not go on the trip. Mm-hmm. So Donnie's mom wouldn't even be on the jet. Yeah. I mean, the, when we were kids, people would say this movie was confusing. It is confusing. But it's, yeah, it wasn't confusing to me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, he goes back in time and sacrifices himself and saves the day. But does he go back in time? And does he save the day? Because <laughs> if he goes back in time, wouldn't there be two of him? No. Oh, so he just goes right back into his body then, is what you're it's, saying, Yeah, right? it's like Days of Future Past. But then why is there a jet engine? Yeah. That's, yeah, it's the thing that doesn't exist. It's like the bootstraps paradox or whatever. Dude, I've been thinking, oh, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he goes back in time. I'm not sure if he does. What do you mean, though? What do you mean? I'm not sure. Like, I don't know, like. What do you think he does if he doesn't go back in time? I, see, that's the thing. I don't know. I think if he doesn't go back in time, then the movie is just like what he's experiencing in the moments before he dies right like if the jet engine doesn't come from the future and it just falls off a plane then he just was laying there in bed and died but right before he died he had a fantastical vision of what his life could have been because he's a child and he's had no life yeah okay that's a good point because like the, the only reason why i i have any like real confusion mm-hmm. is because if he were to be just like go back and then transport into his own body, you know, and just, like, wake up there, and he re- he remembers and he realizes, then I don't understand why there is a jet engine landing on him. Mm-hmm. And also, if he doesn't get up, mm-hmm. you know, like, if he's not asleep, and Frank's not there to wake him up. Is that who wakes him up? It's Frank? Yeah, he says, get up. Yeah, I guess it's Frank. So, like... Did he already choose not to kill Frank later on in the film because he was dead? Like, is, is that the thing that makes him? Is that the thing that changes his mind? Is that he did a murder and he feels bad about it, or is he sad about his girlfriend being dead, or what? Or his mom and sister potentially dying, or oh like? But see, that's the thing. Like, if that doesn't happen, yeah. you know, like if he doesn't wake up at when or. He doesn't kill Frank in the future. Frank can't... Frank's ghost can't tell him to wake up in the past. Well, okay, that's not necessarily true, because ghosts only exist after you die. Dude, <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. So the ghost is also a time traveler, is what you're saying. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So there's a bubble that comes out of his chest, and he can interact with the bubble? The bubble interacts with him, and it doesn't interact with anybody else. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird, because the bubble is just supposed to represent your movement in space-time. Yeah, and but then he, he, like, can, he, can, he can see it, though, because he is experiencing that aspect of time travel. Well, he's, like, seeing it in four dimensions. It's yeah. like uh, Slaughterhouse-Five or whatever. Okay, he's okay. A, he's a Tralfamadorian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I okay, I understand why his then would communicate to him. His bubble would give him that little like, "Come here, finger," you know. Yeah, yeah, but he, it's not like he did that, you know. Yeah, like it was communicating to him directly. That's pretty weird. So, like, I felt a little weird about that in general. But then you got to see that at the end of the movie, that big old bubble or the swirly clouds or whatever in the sky, and it was really far away. Yeah, it seemed to be made out of the same kind of stuff, though, as space-time, right? Because only it was dark. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I get how a, uh, like, the plane could fly through it, right? Sure. And then, yes, I can see that the engine traveling through space-time all the way back to where Donnie Darko is, right? Sleeping in his bed. But then I, I get confused... And the fact that how did Donnie then get into the porthole? Because yeah. the porthole would have to, is it like I a thought column? It was up in the air, yeah. Or is it in the air? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, he didn't have. Did he get in the portal, or did he just get back in his bed? See, that's what also what I'm wondering is 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 that like did he go back in time? Did he create a paradox by existing, and that he had to like resolve the paradox but he actually didn't resolve the paradox i don't know it, it's very strange it's a very strange film i didn't i wasn't confused by it when i was a kid but now i am dude yeah i feel it's like i feel like th- where i do like the movie a lot still i have more questions about it and like is that like me becoming just old and crotchety like do I want, like, is, is it wrong of me to want meaning to this art? Oh, it, I mean, I don't know if, is, do you even want meaning, or do you just want the movie to be tight and actually make sense? Well, maybe that's it. But also, it doesn't mean anything. It's, like, sort of a love story, but, like I said, by going back to the past and dying, he doesn't actually solve any of the problems. He doesn't know his girlfriend, then. They met. After that. Right, right. So when her dad comes to kidnap her mom, she's going to have nowhere safe to go. Yeah. Like, that seems like it's avoiding a problem rather than uh, solving it. And, like, Patrick Swayze is going to continue. I'm sorry, Jim Cunningham is going to continue to be a child molester. Dude. Nobody's going to stop him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, well. And Sparkle uh, Motion is still going to be faking sparkles or whatever they're doing. They're not faking sparkle. Sparkle motion, like, that's a commitment, man. Okay. And, like, they were really doing it. It's true. But were they doing it for Jim Cunningham? No, why would they do it for Jim Cunningham? Because the whole school and church seemed to be, like, uh, like a cult to Jim Cunningham. Well, I mean, he was the judge of the talent show, wasn't he? Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, he shouldn't be judging the talent show. Of course he's going to pick sparkle motion. I don't know. Disgusting. It was it was like the the school's talent show. Why? What, oh, uh, he's in charge of. What, what, yeah, he's in yes. charge of everything. You're yeah, right. He is the ultimate villain of the film. Yeah, like, I, or it's either him or it's Seth Rogen. Well, Seth Rogen is a very bad guy. Seth movie. Rogen's uh, like three lines are: "I like your boobs." Hilarious. Didn't your dad stab your mom? Like, it's funny times. Like. Whatever I think he said uh, the, uh, the amount of times, and then at the end of the movie, he's the one who throws Jenna, uh, Jenna Malone into the street, and then yeah. causing her to get hit by a car and die, which ran over her head. Yeah, and her head was not exploded. I mean, so like, that's pretty good because that would have been horrifying. It would have been. <laughs> I think that would have also like made the the rest of the movie when donnie is like carrying around her body oh god then he puts her in the car and everything yeah i i don't think that would have been as effective uh i think it would have been as i don't know i was pretty spooked by it it freaked me out dude it's a (laughs) this movie is pretty romantic though like for this movie is about horny teens and they are horny teens there's no doubt about that yeah Jenna malone wants to uh fuck every time that domestic abuse is eventually every single time that was like (laughs) 
I I didn't realize it before, but like Jenna Malone was like didn't want to kiss Donnie or excuse me, Gretchen Ross didn't want to kiss Donnie when they were on their walk and he was like, yeah, I want to kiss you and stuff like that. And she's like, I wanted to be special and I hope that this like fat guy wouldn't be like looking at us because it's creepy and weird. So like I feel her there, you know, wanting to not kiss in front of a stranger that's just watching them. Mm-hmm. Completely understand. But then their first kiss comes immediately after Seth Rogen, in the middle of class, points out that her stepdad did stab her mom in the chest. Many times. Multiple times. They run outside, and as Donnie's trying to comfort her, Gretchen kisses him. And was like, okay, I'm not trying to tell anyone how to feel, but that's kind of... That's how kinks develop. That, like, why? Okay. Okay. And then later on in the film, once... Her mom is missing, and her stepdad, I guess, came to town, and her mom's purse is still at the house, and she's hiding at Donnie's house. Where he's having a party. Yeah, while, where they're having a party, they go up upstairs and start making out. Like, I definitely think that she's, she's into... Got, she's got something going on. Yeah, into stuff. Yeah, good for her. I mean... Good for her. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe man do you think that she has those kinks in develop uh, like in uh like a separate proximity from donnie darko or do you just think that like it's his like darkness that brings that out in her dude i don't know because like she might be in a bad situation without donnie darko i i i don't i don't know okay whatever who who am i to to judge a person about what they're into or try to figure out why Uh, so in what other ways is this movie problematic um I guess Sharita is the most problematic thing that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I like Sharita, but I mean, come on. Everyone's always telling her to go back to China. Yeah. It's not cool. No, it's not. And it's supposed to not be cool in the movie, but we all thought it was funny when we were teenagers. We all did. And it's not. I I will never say go back to China ever again. Ever. No. This is the last time. I... (laughs) I may tell people to shut up, but... <laughs> yeah, shut up's good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I agree. That was definitely something that I said a lot as well, and totally, totally in the wrong for doing that. Yep. yep. That was dumb. dumb. Yep, thanks to this movie. Uh, I do have a fun thing that I found on the internet, though. Okay. Posted in our movies on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, someone posted a, a conspiracy theory saying that, I understand... All right, and this is from S Dalus X D A E D A L U S X. There's an X in the beginning as well. Oh, it's like an AIM screen name. Yeah, it's from ten years ago. It X says Donnie, Donnie Darko, Darko X. and Sharita Chen's significance. It reads. Okay. I understand most of the concepts of Donnie Darko with the help of philosophy to time travel that are shown through the movie. However, one person comes to mind, Charita Chan. She plays a semi-big role in the film, more so because she is odd and interesting. She always wears earmuffs and seems to have a thing for Donnie. What is weirder is her staring up the sky after her performance at the talent show. There is a theory that aliens are behind all of this, and Sharita is the informant. Does anyone else know her role? She obviously has some part, but never hear about during any of the explanations of the plot. Does anyone else have any ideas, or maybe can we tie her into this story? Do you want to hear my ideas? Tell me about it. Uh, I mean, I think that's absurd and stupid. I think that Charita is there just to be shat upon. Like, she is someone who's lower on the social totem than Donnie Darko. It's shown that Donnie Darko is not a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Donald. Yes. Not not Donnie. He's already trying to be cool. Yes. Uh, so I, I feel like Sharita is there just so that they there's somebody to shit on, and uh, yeah, somebody who likes Donnie who he doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't think she has much significance. She does tell he does tell her that everything will get better. Is that true? I don't know. How does she, he know he's gonna die? She told him to shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I love. I love Sharita. Yeah, me too. She's the fucking coolest. Yeah, she is cool. She did her interpretive dance, mm-hmm. and then she just had her... She was all done up. She wears those... Her earmuffs kind of like uh, Princess Leia's, too. So, like, yeah, Sharita's, Sharita's chill. Sharita's chill. I'd like to see a Sharita movie. 
Uh, yeah, what she does after Donnie Darko gets annihilated by a, a plane engine. Why would she get annihilated no, by no, a plane no. engine? Donnie Darko got annihilated by a plane engine. Dude. And I, she would then have to, like, deal with that, right? Because she liked him. She thought it was cute. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure that that would be a thing that a person would have to reckon with if you, you like someone who passed away, mm-hmm. you know? Well, like... I mean, I guess we could watch S. Darko. Maybe it is about Sharita Darko. I don't think so. I don't think it's about Sharita. I think it's about Samantha, his younger sister. Oh, yeah. She was pretty cool. She was a real one. Dad was a real one. I, I thought the family dynamic was great. Yeah, me too. And uh, yeah. I love I love the dinner conversation, dude. I still, to this day, was like, as soon as Donnie's like, you're such a fuck ass. And... Uh, <laughs> A fuck ass, that makes sense to me. I understand what that is. Like, it's kind of someone who does sodomy. A fuck ass. Yeah. <laughs> but then they're like, why don't, you, why don't you go suck a fuck, Elizabeth? Well, it's pretty easy to understand how to suck a fuck. I mean... I don't know. We, it was probably like, we, how, do, how exactly does one suck a fuck? And we never found out. I mean, you can imagine for yourself. They don't know because they're children. You're right. I guess Maggie Gyllenhaal's not a child, is she? Is she an adult? No, she's in college. Yeah. She rules. Yeah, she was she was great. She got into Harvard. Remember? Wow. That was why they had the party. Uh, Harvard party. Well, I mean, like, mom and dad were both out of town, and she got into Harvard, so then they had their Halloween party. Did you decide who you think she dressed up as? I forgot. Oh, oh yeah, I was thinking uh, Cleopatra. I feel that, but, like... It's something I, white people do. I also feel like she, sh- she would be wearing more gold. Well, yeah, because there's only the gold, like, uh, shoulder clasp. Like the she brooch. She's wearing black, right? A black dress with a, a big, big, almost like a sun brooch, it looked like. Yeah, or like a it sun It was kind of minimalist, minimalist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know who else she could possibly be. I said Xena at first. I don't know why. I thought maybe Aubrey. I don't even know if Xena existed yet in 1988. No, I don't think so. I thought maybe Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I didn't. It kind of looked like a, a Holly Go Lightly dress, but I don't. If anybody's know. got any inside information on this, you can email us at SwayzePod. Yeah, at gmail.com. And uh, what was Donnie's character? I am. I'm. A, I'm in the camp that he was from. Uh, what's it called? The Karate Kid. He was. He was Joey from the Karate Kid. I don't know. I have no idea. I just thought he was a skeleton. Oh well, Joey dresses up like a Karate Kid. I think his name's Joey. You know. I don't know. Am I getting the Karate Kid's name wrong? I don't know. The Daniel. actual, no, the other guy, the the bad guy. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I've never seen the Karate Kid. We watched it that one time. The Karate Kid too. This we, time it's Japan. This time it's Japan. Did we watch that? Yeah. <laughs> I think I fell asleep. It's possible. I um, don't know. The Frank outfit was pretty cool as well. Like, what was he being? I think Frank was some kind of weird just fucking scary, bunny. Just a big scary bunny. I feel bad for Frank having to like put that outfit aside at the end of the movie you know it seemed like he just didn't want to wear it anymore i mean yeah at the ending montage where everyone is sad about donnie darko dying while the song is playing yeah like none of them knew donnie darko fucking patrick swayze looks all sad he's just i've turned off to too many kids my name's jim cunningham he's like i'm gonna give up my life of kitty diddlin so sad feel bad for me god i really wanted uh when frank took off his mask in the movie theater though i wanted it to be uh fucking danny devito see that was so <laughs> funny oh yeah i wish danny devito was in this movie yeah that could have made it better like what if what if it was danny devito instead of drew barrymore what yeah like, like he's like how can i reach these kids <laughs> no no the exact same role like he's still with noah wilde and like try it to like he's the one that's accused of of teaching pornography to kids. Oh well, it make much much more sense if it was Danny Shavito. Uh, yeah, instead of Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the pornography. Uh, that's so funny. She was teaching pornography to kids. She wasn't even. Uh, dude, that like, I remember when Harry Potter came out, and that was the kind of thing people were talking like, we got to burn these books. Well, that because... was satanic witchcraft. Yeah, 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 and this was like kids breaking into. It was like Graham Greene story. I don't even about care, no. kids breaking into a, a house and like coming in through a water main and stuff like that. Oh, so it's nothing like the fucking uh, it or anything like that. No, it doesn't actually have child pornography in it. No, 
speaking of it, that was the book that Mrs. Darko was reading in the very beginning of the book, and I wanted to note that. I feel, uh, I don't know, I didn't like that character. She's kind of, uh, she's kind of got a stick up her ass. Mom? Yeah, Mom. I don't know, I thought Mom was cool. I don't know, Dad's so chill, and she's just so uptight. She doesn't want her kids cussing at each other. I feel like Dad was, like... Well, he was very vocal about wanting George H.W. Bush over Dukakis in the election, right? Oh, yeah, because this takes place in the past. Yeah, in 1988. So I felt like he's the kind of Republican that was, like, following the dead around, but then, like... Oh, yeah, sold out. Well, yeah, then he found out that, like, he had to get a job because Dad didn't want to support him or whatever, and then he got a job in a law firm or something like that or advertising and, like, actually did pretty well for himself. Yeah, that makes sense in the timeline as well. You know, I feel like he's oh, definitely, like, just... he He's a Republican that likes to smoke weed on the weekends. I was thinking you know? that this movie is... I was thinking that this movie is 20 years old. Yes. That's, uh, kind of old. Yeah. And if this movie came out this year, it would be about the year 2008. Dude, that would be nuts. That'd it, be, like... It would be, be kind of the same thing, I think. Uh, I think that they could do something just as, uh, just as poignant about it. Yeah. It's weird that uh, S. Darko was not a good movie. Nobody liked it. I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, neither of us have seen it. So. Maybe we should find a copy of it. Yeah, I mean, how hard could it be? Nobody wants it. We could we could call it... We could, we could have a, a sequel podcast, and we could call it... Sequels of Swayze's! Yeah. And then, even if he isn't in it, then we just talk about the sequel movies. Yeah, 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 I like that. You like that one? Because there was another one that we wanted to watch that was a sequel as well. I the the original Fox and the Hound. Oh, okay. That's not a sequel, though. That's a... Fox and the Hound 2 has Patrick Swayze in it, though. It, yeah, so prequels. Yeah. <laughs> the sequels and prequels of everything Patrick Swayze ever made. They're sequels. Yeah, see? I got a and theme prequels. song. Yep, there, there we you go. go. There you, you nailed it. Dude, it's like, oh, I'm so fucking talented. Uh I can write this shit all day. Um, I did like that Patrick Swayze was introduced to us on October 1st, 1988, and he, with the line, I guess he was sleep golfing. Because (laughs) at that point in the film, uh, we've met Donnie Darko, we've met his entire family, and we found out that he uh, is, is being woken up by Frank, this guy in a bunny suit that tells him to get up and eventually walk to this golf course where he tells him that after this amount of time, 28 days, 11 hours, 50-some minutes or whatever fuck it is, like... You knew it exactly. I'm pretty fucking close. I know it. Uh, uh, but uh, the world's going to end, right? And then he just falls asleep at this golf course. Mm-hmm. And he's woken up by the doctor and Patrick Swayze's character, Jim Cunningham. Who is like their god. Yeah. Does just, he live in town, or is he... Yeah, like, he lives, okay. that's his house. Oh. That's, well, yeah. The golf well, course is at his house. The golf course was not at his house, but he asked Gretchen to go with him in front of Jim Cunningham's house, and that's how he finds his wallet. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, 100%. Yeah. I like that. I, he, he's been in town long enough to have a, 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 an identification with the address printed on it. Okay, so do you think that... Patrick Swayze's character is a godly man in their universe. Do you think he actually uh, tries to be good and, and diddles kids, or do you think he's, like, just a grifter? Like... Because he's, like, a multi-level marketing guy that also sort of has a small cult. Yeah, because he's doing that fucking fear... There's only two things, fear and love. And everything is on the scale between fear and love. A uh, Beer? Beer? Where 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 does beer be? Yeah, where does it fall? Oh, direct center. Oh, beer, it's straight between like, fear and love. It, it, if this was a pH scale, it'd be a seven. A beer is a seven. I, well, I think that you only get to choose fear or love. I don't. I don't know. It did look like a continuum, though. Not the. It? We don't get to choose the pH. Also, just fear or love. That's yeah. all we get. P- fear with a pH. pH. Fear. Love with a pH. L O P H E. Earlier, Vince told me I was the weirdest guy that he knows. I don't know if that's true. It might be. He hasn't known that many people. I like that you put the pH in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Not the, well, it's love. not love. Love. <laughs> it's not love. Don't be love. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, okay, so because I think 
God might be, be the ultimate villain of the film. Why would God be the ultimate villain of the film? Well, because somebody's got to drop that fucking turbine on Donnie Darko. It was the wormhole that dropped the, the wormhole, the bad guy? Who created the wormhole? <sighs> Grandma Death. Okay, so you refuse to believe that God is the bad guy. Because I'm not sure if God exists in the movie. What if Grandma Grandma Death, Roberta Sparrow, is the bad guy? Because she's always walking out to get her mail, regardless of the time of day or how often she's She just wants it. to make sure she's getting the mail, dog. She's checking the mail. Dude, why would, why would that be the case? Does God exist in this universe? I don't think so. Okay, boom. God debunked. God debunked. So I think therefore that, God can't be the bad guy. Patrick Swayze's the bad guy. Do you think that Ronald's the bad guy <laughs> with his Ronald Mania fucking T-shirt and his his Hulk Hogan outfit? And what was his friend's costume? He was like uh, Sean was a Viking. Sean? Yeah, his name was Sean. You got a name? Yeah, the Vikingman. Yeah, the Vikingman, and, and 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 Ronald Mania. I liked Ronald also because beer and pussy's all he needs. It's true. I like, and then the dude. All right. I really liked his response to the following uh, conversation after he says that beer and pussy is all he needs. With the with the the Smurfs, the Smurf orgy conversation, like the clerks conversation. Yeah, where they think too much about pop culture. Yeah, but like I remember that conversation, hearing that for the first time as a teenager, and thinking it was like so like weird and edgy what's the point of life if you don't have a dick yeah what's the point of life if you don't have a dick and now i'm like listening to it i'm just like oh my god these these stupid stupid boys they don't know anything about smurfs they don't know anything about smurfs (laughs) gargamel and they made us think that this was cool it was cool to know like way too much about pop culture and to just like talk about it theoretically and it's not it's not cool not like we're doing it we're doing it right now i know do you know you know how like it's not cool worked up i get over pokemon <laughs> like it's stupid yeah it's so much so that i can ask you the same question about shinies eight times and you give me the same response every time yeah and it gets more and more heated so i gotta cut you off at a certain point because <laughs> you act like i don't know but you told me <laughs> i've told you so many times i'm just like you're not getting it just like understand they're not any better they just look cool <laughs> Okay, um, how about the therapist? I don't like her. Nobody likes her. I don't, like, I don't know why she was upset at the end of the movie. She was a bad therapist, and, like, she must have been... Donnie's parents didn't seem particularly religious. Like, why were they at a Catholic school, or, like, a Christian school? Why? Why was that all happening? Why did he have a Christian therapist? I don't know. That's insane. I'm not, I'm not sure. She was not doing a good job. She knows that he has hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And she's doing hypnotherapy on him and giving him a bunch of drugs. All she wants to do is hypnotize him and give him a bunch of drugs. Yeah. That's not what you do to help a child. No. No, not at all. And, like, while while he was hypnotized, there was that one thing, one section, like, during, I think, the second like time that he was hypnotized. Where he's putting his hand in his pants? Put his hand in his pants. And she's not even trying no. to stop him. No, like, like, goes unbuttons his pants all the way and sticks his hand in his pants. I didn't think the hypnotherapy was working. I thought he was faking. Yeah. Do you think he was faking or do you think it was working on him? See, that after that time, yeah, I guess it was working. Because I thought that he was just trying to freak the therapist out the whole time. Every Because, you know, she's like, what do you think about? And he's like, fucking. I think about fucking. She's like, yeah, and how's school going? He's like, I think about fucking. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking with her, man. That's what teenagers do when they have a therapist. They fuck with them. I guess. But then when she pulls him out and... Oh, he's like, oh, I don't... I don't, ooh, I don't yeah, know I don't know. He's I faking felt, really good. I felt like that was pretty believable. Mm, yeah, well, that's why you're not a therapist. I'm also <laughs> suspending my fucking belief here because I'm just like... Hypnotherapy doesn't work. Hypnotherapy is a thing that we're we're gonna test. There's wormholes. People got bubbles coming out of their chest. Seth Rogen's talking about boobs. Like, I'm just I'm just opening my my You're opening your mind. I'm opening my mind to what everyone's trying to tell me, and I have so many questions. I have a question for you. Hit me with it, baby. What do you think the best invention is? Soap. Do you think it's soap? No. What do you think it is? 
Fire. Fire? I was... <laughs> what about, uh... Beer. Rock and roll. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't have rock and roll without the fire, which we didn't start. <laughs> we did not start that <laughs> fire. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with rock and roll, we could build cities. I just can't believe that Donnie Darko understood the question in the same way that we did. Like... What is the best invention that's ever been made? Yeah. Which just, is not what the what the goal was of the assignment. The goal of the assignment was to make the best invention. I guess. Because then they made an invention. Do you I, remember what it was? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> the, those glasses. The to, infant memory generator. Yeah. So you put, <laughs> you put like, pictures of sunsets and beaches and stuff like that into these glasses and... The infant absorbs the information while they sleep? No, they they absorb it all the time. All the time? Yeah, all the time, because they don't remember anything. So you might as well give them good memories to not remember. Yeah, but and, and then... I don't well, know if that's the best invention. I don't think so, because... <laughs> it's the, actually scary. Because what's his fucking face? The Seth Rogen's friend... Who is that guy? I forgot his name. Um, um, goon number two. Goon two. Seth Dilvin. I'm gonna... He's also Seth. Yeah, Seth Dilvin. It was the character's name. The er- Seth Squad. Alex Greenwald. Um, he's like Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, that's when they like from the Intercept. That's when they start talking about uh, fucking Gretchen's mom getting stabbed. Him, him, and Seth Rogen, who plays Ricky. Well, they just should have swapped names. Seth yeah, and Seth and Ricky. Yeah, the two of them. The girl, like, didn't your mom stab your, or didn't your dad stab your mom? A bunch of times. A bunch of times, and then they did that. Ee, ee, their teacher is very bad at teaching. Yeah. That guy is like cool throughout the movie. No, while he just did like, not, he did out. not stop any badness from happening throughout the film, and he doesn't believe in God. No, he started talking about time travel with Donnie, and he told him that he had to stop the conversation because he could lose his job. Because because Donnie says, if God is real, isn't everything predestined? Yeah, and he's like, well, this, that, and the other thing. But even if God isn't real, everything's predestined. In my opinion, because we just because we can't perceive time, that's why we don't we think that predestination isn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. If you're a Trafalgarian, you can see all of somebody's life all at once, and mm. you can uh, choose where you want to inhabit that life. Yeah. God damn it! I knew this would be a Kurt Vonnegut episode. This is a Watchmen episode, man. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I uh, I mean. The best invention? Definitely beer. I changed my mind. Fire you, and beer. You think it's fire and beer? Mm-hmm. You get to choose two if you want. I you, get to choose two. Rock and roll. Uh, nice. Yep. Uh-huh. And you couldn't have rock and roll without fire and beer, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, those are all wonderful things. Like, did, you, did you have anything for Fashion Corner? I liked... I, I did. I had some Fashion Corner stuff. You want to go... Let's go down to Fashion Corner. I liked their Halloween costumes. We yeah. need to talk about their Halloween costumes. Yeah, and like so they look wow, they're teenagers and they got good ones. Like they, when, I, when we were teenagers, we didn't have good Halloween dude, costumes. Not only teenagers with good Halloween costumes, teenagers that want to get the fuck into it. Like th- this, this they get the fuck out of it because they're horny teenagers. Oh, they're horny. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, I bought this costume for you to take it off. Well, you know, all their parents are rich too. See, yes, that's that's one thing. Is that they all have really dope fucking costumes. Everyone's costume looks great. Even Richards, like or Ronald's, his 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 Ronald Mania Hulk Hogan costume was fucking cool. Do you think that was just because they couldn't like get the rights for the uh, H- Hogan stuff? Uh, yes, <laughs> and I also think that Ronald would do that because well, yeah, yeah. what we've learned about his character throughout the movie, he's kind of a self-centered dick. So, like, why wouldn't he have... I didn't even realize that Donnie had friends until the end of the movie. There were multiple scenes with them. They smoked cigarettes at the bus stop the whole film. Yeah, and they hung out at that spot in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 fine. And just, like, it was weird that I, at the beginning of the movie, was like, this is a Kids on Bikes movie, but there was no bikes until the very end. Yeah, and then they became the Kids on Bikes. Yeah, they were important. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked all their costumes, and it, like, it made me think of Mean Girls, like, their Halloween costumes, you know? Yeah, I want to watch Mean Girls. Like, Mean Girls was just like, fuck, 
Like that that was always like a party that you'd want to go to, their Halloween party, you know? And this Halloween party made me feel the same way. And plus this one had awesome fucking music at it. That's why I like going to Creepy Cheapy, dude. It's so cool. They there's so everyone there is in costume. You can talk to anybody because when you're wearing a costume, it's just like, hey, I'm gonna address you as if you're the character that you're portraying. Creepy Cheapy is a show that happens in Pontiac, Michigan every year where there are a bunch of cover bands and everyone dresses up like the band if you're performing but everyone wears a costume as well it's packed to the gills they always have great bands playing we're all getting covid baby <laughs> i'm i didn't get a ticket this year i'm not going yeah i'm not you don't buy advance tickets i probably should, you should i mean if you're gonna go i'm definitely going okay i'm gonna get covid <laughs> if you see me i'll be a triple clown we'll 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 talk about what that means a triple clown. It's when you're a clown, 700 degrees. You do two and a half full, three and a half full spins. Yeah. Right? That's that's 1080. 1080? Uh, no, that doesn't seem right. How much is 700? How many spins is 700? Zero, man. It's 720. Like, that's three spins, but they're not... Like no, two and a quarter. It's, no, it's two full spins. Would that, that, <laughs> that be 680? No. No. 720 is... Two full spins? Yep. So, like... I know math. So, one and the six-eighths. <laughs> Three-fourths. Either way, I'm going to be wearing a mask that is a clown over top of a face... Of, of a cloth mask that's a clown, and I will also be a clown. So, look out for me there. Because this episode... Should be coinciding with Halloween... Vince, at the beginning of the podcast, you didn't say uh, that I was anything to your anything. You know, bro, you're the spirit to my Halloween. Why are you being so fucking weird, man? Because <laughs> you br- you bring it out in me, dude. We're not even. We're not. Let's. We gotta get back to this movie. I, I checked all my the, notes off. These these people on the internet don't give a shit about what your Halloween plans are. My Halloween plans. They want to know about this Donnie Darko. I think they already know about it. We every. Everybody watched it. I like that the movies that they go to in the movie is a double feature of Evil Dead and The Last Temptation of Christ. Evil Dead is such a fucking classic, so fucking good. Why would you play it with The Last Temptation of Christ? I think because... uh, You gotta purge the sin. Well, not that you have to purge the sin, but like... I think it was metaphorical? I mean, it's kind of like... The movies within movies are always part of the plot, right? Yeah. Like, it's a reference to what's going on in the plot. So, yeah, Evil Dead, because he's kind of undead throughout the course of the film. You know, he just kind of... He should have died, but instead he's going forward. And, and it is, indeed, his last temptation. Mm-hmm. He thinks, like, if he can stick around and hang out for a while, that he can make... Every, that, that maybe it'll just go away. Maybe he won't have to get raptured up or whatever. I don't know. It's his last temptation, and then he goes to sacrifice himself, just like Jesus. I liked that he left the movie theater, mm-hmm. went and burned down Jim Cunningham's house, because mm-hmm. that's sick, and then he returns to the movie theater, and Gretchen does not comment on why he smells like gasoline after throwing it around like a goddamn madman. It yeah. wasn't just like he poured it on a few things. He starts whipping that can around at one point. It's so cool that he had enough time to do that. Like, that's the cool thing about double features. You can just leave your girlfriend asleep at the theater. Yeah. Uh, just just asleep, at, house. asleep in a theater. Like, go, go and burn down a house. Then just come back and put your hood up. And then, then she'll wake up. And then you can leave and make out. Yeah, you'll be like, uh, yeah, this is the third act of, um, I guess this is the third act of Evil Dead. Pretty weird that it's Jesus, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've only been gone for five minutes. I just went to the potty. Is it? Does Jim Cunningham live just around the corner? All right, so it's like Jim Cunningham lives next door to a gas station, which is next door to a film theater. Yeah, he wants to be there so that he can see the cinema. See the cin- see, see his fucking love versus fear tapes. Yeah, yeah. On the big screen. Oh my god, that'd be so cool. All right, you want to go to a theater and watch inf- like infomercials? Yeah, I was actually thinking about how cool it'd be if there was theaters that showed uh, like television shows. They they did at a uh, fucking magic bag when they used to have Bruin views before the movie. They would just go on YouTube and play classic commercials or classic TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm hearing what you're saying, though. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about like a Disney theater existing, and they're going to show us Captain's America the the day it comes out. Like you can go and see the the, the new episode of Captain's America at the theater the whole week before the next episode comes out. And then, you know, when the next episode comes out, they show that at the theater. Oh, I understand. Like, television shows, when they're on weekly, could screen at a theater, and you could go see them if you wanted. So what you're saying, a physical brick-and-mortar Disney Plus location, essentially. I think that's what we're getting to. I Honestly, I think that uh, all, I think that COVID is going to kill all the theaters, probably fully, and they're going to conglomerate, so there's only one of them, and then Netflix and Disney and... Uh, fucking HBO, Time Warner are going to come through and just buy up all the theaters. I mean, I guess that'd be cool. Still. It's not cool. It sucks. But like, I do want to see television shows at the theater sometimes. Remember when Disney was like, hey, we're going to put out this TV show called The Eternals or The Inhumans. Mm-hmm. And they released that first episode <laughs> at, IMAX. at IMAX. It was and, two episodes. Yeah, first two episodes at IMAX. And that show was so bad. And it just flopped. Like no one talked I even about it. The whole season, dude. dude. Like I don't give up on much. I no, everyone stopped talking about it after the second episode. No one said. I didn't even know it was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that it's probably not. My idea is probably not a good idea. I think it'd be a good idea if, um, like, the content they were making was good. I think it'd be a good idea if they didn't actually buy up all the theaters and they just uh, like contracted it out. Like they're like, oh yeah, you can you can stream Disney Plus at your theater. You know, you pay us $5,000 a month and you can stream it at your theater. Like, there'd just be some theaters that would just be just playing the Disney Channel? I mean, you know, uh, if, if I had a theater, I'd show all sorts of weird shit at the theater. What would you show if you had a theater, Josh? Just whatever I'm feeling, you know. Would you have, like, a Darren Aronofsky night? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, maybe you spread them out. <laughs> you don't want to watch them all in one night, they'll fuck you up. What if, we, what if you had, like, a, a marathon day, like... The, the third Saturday in in August, you have an Aronofsky, August Aronofsky's yep, with something. Yeah, constantly going. And it's just like <clears throat> from from 10 a.m. to like 2 a.m., you just show Aronofsky stuff. And it's just, it's, it's, it's called the panic attack uh, package, you know? Yeah, and great. Oh, you, my God, you're a genius, Vince. You just show them in, in alphabetical order and... You just, just really confuse people. Like the last one looked great. Now this one's lesser of a quality, well, and this one's nights, about God, and this one's got asses. Yeah, and some nights you, you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna show Evil Dead, double featured with Last Temptation of Christ all night. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in every like, theater. I'm sure that theater only was like a single. It looked like a single, didn't it? You know, I'd want that, at least two rooms if I had a theater. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's no uh, changeover. If people want to see a double movie, just dip out of one and go into the other. I don't know. I don't like that. I think I think it should be in one theater. You know? Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I think there should be intermissions, though, in movies still. Yeah, Redford Theater. Shout out. Yeah. That was sick. Last time I was there, there was, like, a nice little 20-minute intermission. I got to just, like, chill. Did you fucking uh, go outside and roast a bone? No. That's what I would do. I mean, like, it was, a, it was 2 in the afternoon on a Saturday. I'm not going to go smoke around all those kids. Kids? Kind of smoke around the heads. Do you have more notes about this movie? I'm yeah. out of notes. Yeah, I got more motion. I got sparkle motion. That's the next note. Sparkle motion. Motion for sparkle motion. Uh, exclamation point. And then after that, I've got. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. There was two sparkle motion notes right in a row. Well, you know what? I mentioned sparkle motion earlier, so you should get your notes together. Yeah. I mean, the sparkle motion, I think that was a highlight of the film. I thought the dance troupe did a good job. I hate uh, Mrs. Farmer, Coach Farmer. I hate the idea of children dancing for adult entertainment. Yeah, I'm not... Just in general. Yeah. I I feel that. They should only dance for other kids. That's what I think. I hate Mrs. Farmer. I I hated Mrs. Farmer so much that I have disliked her in every single and thing. And she's going to continue to be like that now that Dar- Donnie Jar- Darko is dead. She's just going to continue to be that 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 evil person. Like trying to get books banned that aren't even like oh she she's the only sucks. person that transcends the parent teacher divide. I'm the only person that transcends the parent teacher divide. Anytime you say that you transcend anything, I assume you're an asshole, but she's I also the goddamn laugh. worst. I transcend like the space-time continuum. I am 
in the fourth dimension. Okay. I hate her. Yeah, she's I, a, she showed up on that TV show Jericho that I watched. I fucking hated her on that. I couldn't wait till she died, man. Well, she did such a good job acting in this movie that now you love her forever. Is that love? Yeah. Is that what are... love is? Like, I just... I want to know what love is. Every every time I see her, I, I just like, oh, man, she's going to be the, my least favorite part of this movie. Because she acts like a motherfucker. I think she, I think I love her. I like in real life, she's probably amazing. I bet she's great. I bet she's like. I bet she's like, in the acting world, what Dave Grohl is to rock and roll. Yeah, but she's just super wonderful and like. Dave Grohl. I I don't know anything about Dave Grohl. I just hear great stories about him all the time. Listen, I like Nirvana. Yeah. That's it. I, uh... Why's he got so many guitar players in his band? I don't know. Why do they need all those guitar players? I liked when Taylor Hawkins was, uh, playing drums with Coed and Cambria. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, he was playing drums with Coed and Cambria, um, because of some contract stuff. He played drums on Coed and Cambria's fourth album. Who is he? <laughs> He's the fucking rock and drummer. He sings, too. He plays guitar. Okay, is, is he the yeah. drummer for the Foo Fighters? Is that yeah. okay? I don't know that. I don't oh know that. yeah, yeah, that's the drummer of the Foo Fighters. I don't know people's names. I know actors' names. Oh, okay. Musicians? I only know one musician's name. And that's Jeff Rosenstock. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, Alanis Morissette. Who's that? That's God. She's not a musician. I uh, thought I uh, <laughs> thought you were gonna say uh, Dewey Cox. <laughs> I, uh, That's not a musician. <laughs> I um, I thought thought you're gonna say Mark Wahlberg. Ooh, what's happening? Ooh, I think we got all your notes. No, I got uh, keg beers for pussies. That's not true. Because uh, they immediately go and drink keg beer. You gotta drink all the keg beer. Keg beers for champs. When keg you run beer. out of keg beer, then you're like, ooh, I need keg beer. That's when you start. Uh, finding pussies? Yes. Yeah? That's oh, how that works? As soon as you run out of keg beer. And then and then after that, my last note, we've already touched we on... We touched it. Gretchen is horny for domestic abuse. We touched it. So there's only one thing left to do. What's up? You want to rate it at... Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Yeah? You ready for the Swayze scale? Ready for this Swayze scale. Did right. you take notes about the Swayze scale? I did not. No. no horses. No horses. No cars. No cars. No no, no dadliness. I t- I don't know. I I think he was uh maybe being a little dadly. To whom? To all the children that he was giving the motivational speech to. Where they were all potential victims. Where where Donnie told him that he's the fucking antichrist. Oh God. Yeah. He was bringing deadly energy. To he the was definitely talking down to Donnie there. Where I won't give it give it high points for deadly, but we I think we should at least give it one point because he talked down to a child. It's not what dads do. <laughs> Sometimes dads do. Fuck. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anything particularly Swayze about this movie. Uh, there wasn't any. Uh, there was some ass kicking, but it, people got their asses kicked instead of ass kicking. You know. On the last episode, I was listening to of our podcast. Uh, I was like, "What does a one star Swayze movie look like?" I think it might be this one. It might be. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not very Swayze. Nope, it's a, a little soft. Yeah, just he, like the overall emotion of the film as well. Like, not even counting his character, the movie itself is not very Swayze. No, no, not at all. Nor is his performance very Swayze. Mm-mm. I would definitely let's let's give this one a one. A one star. Well, hold on. One out of five bullets to the eye on the Swayze scale. Okay, bullets. Yeah, I hate them. One out of five bullets. What do you give this movie on the Josh scale? I don't know, man. It's uh, confusing. I got a lot of questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a solid eight. You're going to give it an 8? Yeah, I, I didn't rate it on the app, so I guess we'll see what I give it on the app. I'm going to give it a 7. All right. Yeah, I I, I like it. There's a lot of nostalgia in there mm-hmm. for me, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that that was necessarily clouding it because it was very. I found it more confusing now because I was trying to ask more more constructive questions and like actually understand the logic of it and stuff like that. So like I I won't give it an eight yet, but I uh, I feel like the 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 bad CGI bubbles out of the chest. Oh, I love them. Like I love it. I know it, it it doesn't look good. And then when it turns into the smoke monster later on. Yeah, it it doesn't look very good, but I love it and I like the the kind of the the visual of him in the dream before he breaks the water main you know mm-hmm. where it's like the pipe but it's outside but it's inside mm-hmm. like and it looked really like 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 a windows 2000 like a screensaver or it's something like that it's definitely an art film of some sort yeah like it looks it looks cool and the things that don't look even that good still look cool it has an aesthetic mm-hmm. like i liked the the when they when he was had the knife in his hand he was like bopping on the bubble yeah like that looked cool mm-hmm. like I the soundtrack was great the soundtrack fucking bangs Patrick Swayze really really kills it as Look, well yeah he 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 acted a motherfucker in this movie man yeah like I I believed him I believed he was very bad yeah he he sold it he he definitely was uh imposing and menacing with his uh with his fucking pyramid scheme that he was running or was it pyramid scheme was it multi-level so. marketing was it was a cult what's like, the difference and people were into it they were like we have to do this thing like i don't know there was lots of things that i was not a fan of as well like i, I like the, the the go back to china part sucked sucks i hated that i was seth so rogan into was it so bad as well seth rogan's character in this sucked yeah, the bullies. I mean, like, I He's guess barely they barely acting. They were evil bullies, so I mean, I guess they nailed being the bullies, but they were not fucking good people. Like, it, it seemed like uh, Mrs. Darko was just going along with the doctor, even though when she suggested more medication for Donnie, she was hesitant and like crying, actually like, upset, saying like, she was agreeing with her, but like not knowing if it was the right thing to do, like. What do you do for your child? Yeah, like it, I, I think it asked a lot of hard questions, mm-hmm. and I thought that was cool. But I don't know, don't think it did a very good job answering many of them. Yeah, that's what you want, like for your kids. Yeah, I give it a seven out of ten. Um, seven out of ten fat guys smoking cigarettes as you're trying to kiss your girlfriend. I just gave it eight out of ten. <laughs> Nothings. Okay, Josh, I've got the budget here. You want to know it? Yes, the exact numbers. All right. The budget was $6 million. Box okay. office, opening weekend, 110000 with $6.98 million worldwide gross. Huh. Now, this bad boy has got a 3.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd, 8 out of 10 on IMDb, got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes and 80% audience score. Amazon's got it at 4.7 out of 5 and that's 83% 5 stars. Everybody likes this movie. And 3% 1 stars. Everybody likes it but it didn't make too much money? Yeah, I feel like it really found its footing in the cult cult market, you know? Yeah, 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 on that DVD that you bought. Yeah, dude, like I've shown so many people this DVD and... I, like I've gone over other people's houses and watched their copies of this DVD. Like I feel like this is much like a Rocky Horror Picture Show situation. Yeah. Where like it's it's being shown to other people by the fans instead of like the reputation it had. I want to see the trailer. We can find the trailer. Yeah, I wonder what it looks like. I wonder if they marketed it right, or if they're like, "This is a teenage love story." Are they like, this is a very spooky movie. It takes place around Halloween. Because I don't know if there's like a proper way to market it that teenagers would actually go see it. Yeah. Because it's an art film. It's Baby's first art film, and you don't know how to... How can you market that, an art film to somebody who has never seen an art film before? That's the best way to put it. It's Baby's first art film. Exactly. And it's good. It's fine art film. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have an Ebert review. You want to guess what he's got? Thumb up. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, all right. The review he has is, The setup and development is fascinating. The payoff, less so. I could tell you what I think happens at the end and what the movie was about, but I would not be sure if I was right. 
God damn, I could have this guy's job. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. What do you think he gave it? He's, he has stars, five of them? Uh, he's got four. Four? Yeah. Because nothing's perfect. He gave it two, two and a half, maybe tops. Gave it two and a half. Very <laughs> good, Josh. Wow, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it. We're going to call that segment Josh Takes Ebert's Job. <laughs> Josh. It, Josh and, yeah, Ebert's dead. Okay, well, I'll take uh, his job. Um, are you going to tell the people uh, where to find us? Yeah, yeah, I can. You can find us on all your favorite social medias at SwayzyPod. You can find us at Gmail if you want to write us uh, an email. You get SwayzyPod at gmail.com. Write us and let us know about Swayze stuff or your relationships with Swayze or if we got anything wrong or have some like cool takes on how Shreed is an alien. Yeah. Right? Holler at us. Yep. Uh, got anything else? I don't know. I think that's that's about it. Uh, if you want to find us on Letterboxd, Josh is at Joshua C.Y. That's me. And I'm at Vincent Troya. Those are our names. And so it should be easy to find. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel good recommending this movie to people still. I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. I Especially, especially a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, a child. if you're a horny teen, watch yeah. this. If you're a horny teen, maybe this movie's for you. It was for me. It was for me, too. Well, shout out to ourselves when we were in high school. I don't want to give shout outs to me in high school. Why not? You don't like breaking the space-time continuum? I mean, like, I'm sure I would ask myself about ska music and my participation in it as an adult. And I'm Do you still play the saxophone? No. Yes. Do I? I I've never if, seen you. I don't have one. Oh, well then. I wonder, all right, if we have any listeners that want to give me a saxophone, I'll play some saxophone. Yeah, you, we'll record a new version of the theme. The Strictly Ska. Now <laughs> you're going to do the sexy saxman solo for a second. I mean, yeah, it's pretty close. We're crazy.